take your soul? No, sir. A gopher! Gopher! Where? Do you know what gophers can do? Ooh, better get rid of those gophers. Is that clear? Oh, aye, sir. Very clear, sir. I'll put my best man on it. I want you to kill every gopher. The little brown furry rodents. We can do that. Aye. We don't even have to have a reason. Do it, man. Young is in the slot, bottom of your screen. Christensen alone in the shotgun on third down and goal to go. Blitz. Quick throw off the hands of Cleveland. Caught. Touchdown. Brandon Myers off the tip. Just <laughs> like they drew it yeah, up. Just <laughs> like they drew it up. Uh, Whatever it takes, right? You think they went through this in the walkthrough yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> Little tip ball drill. Good concentration by Myers to find it and put six points on the board. His fourth touchdown reception of the season for Christensen is 14th touchdown pass. So the Hawkeyes on the board, just like they drew it on the chalkboard. Hit practice yesterday off the hands of one into the hands of the other for a score. First down and goal to go. They get tight end at motion. Young powering, end zone, piled right, touchdown. Well, this is how they'd like to do it at Iowa. Run dominant and just win the battle in the trench. And that's exactly what they're doing. Albert Young on the touchdown plunge. Well, it's Iowa being Iowa. I mean, this is what they've done for a number of years. Even going back to the Hayden Fridays, they want to play smash mouth football. Minnesota has to tighten up in the trenches to slow down that running attack. First down for Iowa. Football just inside the 13 of Minnesota. Albert Young, big hole to the end zone. Touchdown! Turn that credit to that big offensive front for Iowa, sustaining blocks, opening up running lanes. And Albert Young doing what he does, getting his shoulder square and into the end zone. 12-yard touchdown run, Albert Young, 79 yards rushing and two touchdowns for Young here this afternoon. Hello, Hawkeye fans. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the weekly football show from HawkeyesMike.com. Last Saturday's game highlights are courtesy of the Big Ten Network with Wayne Larravee, Chris Martin, and Marshall Harris. We very much appreciate it and thank them as always. These guys do a very nice job on the telecast. 73rd meeting for Floyd of Rosedale. Between Iowa and Minnesota, the Gophers claimed the trophy last year, snapping a five-game losing streak to these Hawkeyes. And the Hawkeyes are looking to recapture here this afternoon. Trophy came about because of a bet back in 1935 between the governors of Iowa and Minnesota in anticipation of the big game. The pig is back. Welcome home, Floyd. It was Iowa 21, Minnesota 16. Iowa finally came out of the tunnel and played a strong first half in a game this year. And the Hawks have finally played four straight quarters of solid winning football. Unfortunately for Iowa, those quarters aren't all in the same game. In a reversal of form from the last two games, Iowa carried over its solid second half performance at Northwestern, building a solid first half lead that it never surrendered against Minnesota at Kinnick Stadium. The defense was aggressive and the offense moved the ball effectively, focusing on the run and blending in a nice passing game. I smell vermin poontang. And the only good vermin poontang is dead vermin poontang. I think. 
But while the defense continued to shine in the second half, holding a fairly potent gopher offense to only six points, the Iowa offense failed to make an appearance once again, gaining only 68 yards and two first downs, one of those by a Minnesota penalty, with bad play by quarterback Jake Christensen, poor clock management, especially in the third quarter, and questionable play calling by offensive coordinator Ken O'Keefe, who moved away from the run and emphasized the pass. It was the nation's 109th offense, Iowa, against the 119th defense, Minnesota, and it looked like it by game's end. Not a well-played game by either team. Minnesota was giving up an average of 459 yards per game this season, yet they held Iowa's offense to only 296 yards, which stunningly is 14 yards below even the Hawks' league-trailing season average. Clearly, Jake Christensen failed to progress from his second-half performance at Northwestern and took another step backward, especially in the second half against the Gophers, making all of the same mistakes we've become accustomed to seeing from number six. Still, it was another big win for the Hawks, and this one both a trophy game and a border rivalry. Iowa also can finish no lower than sixth in the Big Ten Conference's season. And how about this statistic? Iowa now has the longest winning streak in the Big Ten. With this win, Iowa becomes bowl eligible, but amazingly, so are nine other Big Ten teams after last Saturday's games. It will take a victory over Western Michigan in the regular season finale this week in Iowa City to secure a bowl bid, get another set of practices, and receive a nice reward for ending the season in a strong fashion and continue building for next year. It's amazing how Jake Christensen takes on a different personality as a quarterback when you give him time. And I think part of the reason why Christensen has been in a nice rhythm today is the fact they ran the ball so effectively in that first quarter. Well, he plays so much better at home. He's thrown for a number of TDs here. So he's just in his comfort zone. Let's take a quick review of game notes and key stats. Iowa became bowl eligible for the seventh straight season with a victory over Minnesota. And as we mentioned, the Big Ten has a conference record 10 bowl eligible teams this season. Iowa reclaimed possession of Floyd to Rosedale. The Hawkeyes have now won six of the last seven contests in the series with Minnesota. After starting the season two and four, Iowa has now won three straight and four of its last five. Last Saturday, Iowa was perfect three for three inside the red zone, scoring three touchdowns. They've scored 10 touchdowns and one field goal in their last 11 red zone possessions. In this game, Minnesota won the coin toss and elected to receive. They went three and out. Iowa came out in a no-huddle offense for the first series. Both teams failed to score in their first offensive possession, and Iowa, again, has not scored on its opening drive in any of its 11 games this season. Running back Albert Young topped 3,000 career rushing yards with a game-high 92 yards Saturday and two touchdowns on 21 attempts. Young has also scored five of his team leading six touchdowns the last three games. Entering Saturday's game against the Gophers, Iowa had scored only 17 first quarter points through 10 games. Iowa posted 14 first quarter points against the Gophers on Saturday. Iowa's now played 31 first-year student athletes, 11 true freshmen, 20 redshirt freshmen. Iowa had eight first downs in the first quarter while holding Minnesota to none. In fact, the Gophers didn't get their first first down of the game until their first series in the second quarter. Jake Christensen has now improved to 5-1 as a starter in home games. Linebacker Mike Klinkenberg eclipsed the 200 tackle career plateau and he had a game high and season high 13 tackles on Saturday, while linebacker A.J. Eads accumulated a career high 11 tackles against the Gophers. 
Key statistics, first downs, Iowa had 17 to Minnesota's 18. Net yards rushing, the Hawks 139, the Gophers 125. Net yards passing, 190 for Minnesota to 157 for Iowa. Total offensive yards, pretty close, 315 for Minnesota, 296 for the Hawks. Possession time was about equal with approximately 30 minutes each. Third down conversions, 7 of 16 for the Hawks, 7 of 18 for the Gophers. Red zone scoring chances, as we said, Iowa was 3 for 3, Minnesota 1 for 1. Glancing at the Big Ten stats after the 11th week, Iowa is still holding 11th place in total offense, scoring offense, rushing offense, first downs, third down conversions, and lead the league in giving up 42 sacks on the season. Great story. Compelling and rich. Today's Hawkeyes Mike program is made possible in part by The Lodge Apartments in Iowa City, the finest in student living, your home away from home. Call 319-358-3500 or go to www.thelodgeatui.com. And by Morgan Stanley Financial Advisors of Coralville. Call 319-338-5184 or 800-870-0002 for all your investment needs. These football programs come to you weekly during the entire season. This week, once again, you'll have the chance to hear Marv Cook's thoughts and Pat Hardy's opinions, and we'll also hear from you, the Iowa fans. We invite you to share your comments each week by calling 866-74-HAWKS. Let's hear from the coaches in Saturday's game, Iowa versus Western Michigan. First, Coach Ferentz comments on his senior class. Yeah, you know, the one thing that's been constant, and I've said this repeatedly, is just the attitude of the football team. It starts with the guys at, at the front. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't just start in August. You know, they, they really accepted the challenge, I think, back in December. And uh, our seniors from last year as well, you know, they did the same thing. But, you know, th- these guys took it over in January, and they've been they've been constant all the way through it. Just uh, uh, couldn't ask for much more out of them uh, in terms of what they're doing on the field, but more importantly, the intangibles. And, uh, you know, they're, they're the guys that provide leadership. They provide example for younger players we've got a lot of younger guys on the team and a lot of younger guys in prominent roles so um, you know it's imperative that your older guys are showing them the way and I think they've done a great job through through uh, thick and thin you know it's easy to do it when things are going well everybody's everybody's a good winner but uh, you know when, when the road gets a little bumpy that's really when you find out who's who and what's what and these guys have been great all the way all the way through. Ferentz was asked if the bowl game possibility was enough to motivate his team not to overlook the Broncos. I think, you know, certainly to think that we'd go to a bowl six wins, I think that'd be short-sighted. So that that will serve as motivation for a lot of people, I'm sure. Uh, I think more importantly, you know, I think we're... Uh we have an opportunity to finish this year on a real positive note, and to me that requires playing our best this weekend. You know, that's uh, going to be imperative, and I think most fundamental of all things right now, you know, I'm looking at this as an even game going into it, and I think what we need to do is really realize we can improve in a lot of areas. Uh, obviously, we can on offense, but there are things we can do better in all three areas right now that, uh, you know, we got three days right now to try to try to address those things and see if we can't improve, and that's the attitude we need to take right now. If, if we're going to expect to win this week, that, that's what we're going to have to do, because uh, Western's had a little time, extra time to get ready for us, and I'm sure they're going to come in here confident. You know, they look at tape too, you know, and I don't think uh, they're looking at us like we're the, I guess right now the Green Bay Packers or the New England Patriots, right? Those are the teams that are winning the Cowboys, you know, then nobody's, uh, we're not putting anybody, you know, fearing anybody's heart, I'm sure, so we, we need to worry about getting better and, and playing our best. Kirk was asked if he's ever had an offense that's been this inconsistent. Yeah, in recent history. I mean, you know, recent me in the last decade, yeah, and, uh, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been around some bad offenses now. I promise you. And most most people that have been in coaching have though. It's just it's it's uh, it just it's it's part of the game. Things ebb and flow. And uh, but again, I think you know the big reason, the big thing you can do is look at our. If you look at us objectively, which we'll, we'll try to start that process next week, it, it, it's understandable where our challenges have been. And the good news is, I think, I've been working through some situations, and I think we'll continue to. And I'm, I'm optimistic about where we're heading. But uh, are we getting there fast enough right now? Never. You never do. You know, would we rather be over 400 a game? No doubt about it. More points? No doubt about it. But, you know, right now it's just not, you know, it's not out there for us. And, uh, you know, so we have, to, we have to do the best we can. Uh, the way we're operating, and hope that we can improve upon it, and that, that'll be the goal this week. Ference was asked about the substantial gap that supposedly exists between Christensen and his backup quarterbacks. I, I guess, you know, it's fair to say enough to let us proceed the way we've proceeded. Yeah, I think so. And, it, and it's not insurmountable. You know, just uh, I think what you do with any position is, is you uh, look at it and say, you know, what gives us our best chance to win at this present moment? And that, that's what we've done, and uh, in our minds, uh, Jake's the guy. And I think he's done an awful lot of good things. A lot of the problems that he's experienced this year, I've said this many times, are uh, out of his control. And, and then he's, you know, he's done some things that you, you know, he'd like to do over again too. So, but that, that's part of young players. You know, we have other guys at other positions doing the same thing. I, I could critique them the same way. It's just not as visible. People watching the game. But, but you know, when you play with young players or inexperienced players, that's part of the deal. The, the challenge is to move forward. You know, with each uh, each opportunity and. Uh, at times we're doing it, at times we're not. So, you know, the consistency factor you alluded to, that that's really where it's at offensively. Ferentz talks about his thoughts on playing a non-conference team at the end of the season. Uh, you know, in a perfect world, I think you'd rather, you know, once you get into conference play, my preference would be to stay with conference play. And I think probably everybody feels the same in the league. I think last year Wisconsin had this, this circumstance, if I remember correctly. And uh, it's not a perfect world to so deal with it, but yeah, in a perfect world, I think we'd all rather end up with conference play. Kirk talks about the fact that, except for last year, this team is another example of one of the Ferentz coached Iowa teams that generally get better as the season goes on. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just something that's always been important to us. Um, you know, so I, I don't know if there's a scientific formula for it, but it's just I think it's important. That that's one of the things that was so disappointing about last year. You know, unless you just you know have everybody injured or there's some you know logical explanation why things are going on. You know, not not to be getting better as the year goes on. That, that's not the sign of a healthy uh, healthy program in my mind. Yeah, that's an that's a that's an important thing. That's an important fundamental of a program, I believe. And uh, you know, but the players have to be aware of it. and They got to be thinking in those terms. And you know, they they got to realize you know it's not only about getting ready for a game, which you have to do every week, but you also have to be focused on self-improvement. That's how you're supposed to live. So uh, when, when that message isn't getting across, that's, you know, that's not a good sign. Turning now to Western Michigan coach Bill Cubitt, he talks about playing a Big Ten team this late in the season. Yeah, it's really, uh, you know, it's, it's a different, uh, and even for them, because now they're done their uh, Big Ten schedule and, uh, you know, we're their last game too, so it's really not a game. Your thoughts on Iowa? They're extremely well coached. Uh, they're uh, they're tough, hard nosed, you know, and, uh, you know, to take on the personality of their head coach, uh, you know, Kurt and, and uh, their defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Parker. I mean, they're just, they're really, a t uh, you know, just a tough group that uh, they play hard, uh, kind of old fashioned type football. Um, you know, defensively, they get the Big Ten type defense. You know, it's, it, I think they're really good. I think they're very sound. And uh, offensively, you know, they, they do uh, they do enough to win. And uh, so it's a, it'll be a big, big challenge for us to go out there and uh, 
and uh, play this team there because they're, they're real physical. What is it about the Iowa defense that impresses you? Well, they're, I mean, they're about as fundamentally sound as anybody I've seen in all the years of I've, I've been coaching. Uh, they're in the right spots. The kids believe in the system. They go out there. They play hard. Uh, they're high achievers. Um, you know, like I said, Norm Park, I mean, he's one of the top guys in the country. And uh, uh, they play like that. They're, uh, you know, you can tell that the coach is the man in a lot. They're, uh, and, they're, and they're playing with a lot of confidence on their side sometimes, you know, defensively when, uh, uh, you know, the, the things aren't going real well, you know. They, they, but this team, they just hang in there all the time. And they give them a chance to win every single game. Following our first caller, you'll hear from former Hawkeye All-American and All-Pro tight end Marv Cook. Hi, this is Mark from West Des Moines. Boy, a month ago you would have never guessed that the Hawks would be in the position that they're in right now with the uh, possible uh, bowl game in Arizona on the horizon if we beat Western Michigan on Saturday. It's been remarkable how they've been able to turn this around and still not have the complete game that they're really looking for, just playing really one good half of football. Last week it was the first half instead of the second half, and uh, they just kind of went to sleep in the second half, I think. Jay Christensen still has a lot of work to do, and uh, he, he just can't seem to throw crossing routes, and he cannot seem to see the, the field. Uh, you can you can talk about his uh, protection, you can talk about receivers running uh, incorrect routes, but when the receiver is wide open, it's plain to see, uh, and, he, and he can't hit them, that's, that's a problem. If he can ever put two halves together, um, the Hawks will be a pretty good team. I, guess. I think they got tre- tremendous young talent. Adrian Claiborne, Kristen Ballard, fantastic players. And Brian Bulaga, I think, is a, a terrific young prospect. So they've got the potential there. If they can ever put it together, they they could have a great football team next year. That is good news. That is good news. HawkeyesMike.com, something new. It's sports talk radio on the internet, just for you, the Iowa fan. All sports, all Hawks, all the time. We welcome back Marv Cook for his weekly stint on HawkeyesMike.com. Marv, Iowa finally came out, especially offensively, right from the outset of this game and played like we all have been expecting for quite some time. And then, unlike the last couple of weeks, they flipped around and in the second half barely showed up offensively. A win is a win. What was your impression of Saturday's game? Well, I think it was, like you talked about, it was a reversal of what they've been doing the last two weeks. They came out and played well in the first half and did the things they needed to do to execute. But then, you know, in the second half, they kind of got stale and and, uh, and didn't do as much. I think the defense kind of picked up the slack uh, in the second half, so that was impressive. But, uh, you know, it'd, it'd be nice to see this team put 60 minutes together. I think it could be a really, really good football team if they could just put 60 good minutes together. And uh, But, the win, you know, a win's a win. It's a good win. 119th ranked defense, Minnesota versus Iowa's 109th ranked offense. That game pretty much looked like that, especially in the second half. You know, I think Minnesota's a lot like Iowa State. and New staff, new terminology, and players are still thinking a lot. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think they're going to get some traction because this is a coach. Coach Brewster knows what he's doing up there. And, and those get some traction once they get their athletes in that they want to fit in their system and 
And um, I mean, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with over the next two or three years. But I mean, you'd have liked to have seen Iowa take that 21 point lead and, and make it 40 points. But, um, you know, they didn't. And, um, you know, that's something that they got to work on. I mean, they, you know, once you get a team down, good teams will put teams away. And, and that's the one thing you'd like to see this team start doing. Now we're in the 11th game of the season there. How concerned are you that Iowa could only muster 68 yards of offense and two first downs in the second half against what's statistically the worst ranked defense in the nation? A lot of it was, you know, Minnesota had pretty good field position and, and their offense is somewhat effective at times, but uh, I, mean, I think they had three or four good possessions on us in the third quarter and our defense did a nice job of keeping them out of the end zone. So I guess the concern is, is that you just like to see them continue to improve the way they had in the second half of the last two games and keep that momentum going, come out of the locker room, make the necessary adjustments and keep pouring more points up. But uh, you know, a win's a win and um, you, you know, winning the Big Ten's always good, but um, you know, this is a team that we need to continue to get better. I mean, we're not where we want to be yet, I would think. And you know, you like to take those opportunities. That's 30 minutes of football up to play where, you know, as we said earlier, you know, 21 lead would have been nice to see a 35 or 40 point lead and, and show the offense, yeah, we can put up big numbers if we have to. When we visited last week, we were all excited about Jake's performance in the second half at Evanston against Northwestern. And I think we all assumed or hoped, certainly, that uh, Christensen would build on that with his performance going into the Minnesota game. He played okay in the first half, but in the second half, he reverted to everything he's been doing wrong all season. No touch on the passes, overthrows, underthrows, locking in his primary receiver, not going through his progressions, missing a certain touchdown pass to Myers there in the fourth quarter is probably the most glaring example. How big of a step backward do you think this was for Jake? There was a lot of wind blowing. It's pretty windy from what I understand. And um, you know, that, that makes a difference when you're throwing the ball. I mean, a lot of times you want to put a little tighter spiral on it, a little bit more velocity on it. And then that causes maybe not to lead a receiver enough. You want to kind of bang it on their bodies. But uh, you know, the touchdown to Myers is obviously a tip pass. It kind of a fluke play that worked out for the Hawks. But uh, when you are playing in a windy environment, you do want to put a little more velocity on the ball and uh, keep it from the wind blowing it but uh, it's a it's a learning curve and you know the quarterback position is very very difficult and uh, I mean there's going to be you know even when you play really really well you're, you're going to have mistakes I mean look at Peyton Manning last night throwing three interceptions in the first half or four interceptions in the first half I mean even great players make mistakes and have bad games and with what you're going to get with Jake is you're going to get a lot of good plays and you're going to get some bad plays mixed in there you're never going to see you know especially when he's younger you know, that 60 snaps where he's great on 59 of them. I mean, he's just a young enough player and that's a tough enough position that, you know, he's probably going to make some bad decisions or bad adjustments or bad throws over the course of the game. And you just hope there's enough good plays to overcome the negative ones. In the second half, it looks like Iowa virtually gave up on the running game, even though they had quite a bit of success in the first half. And I know initially people thought that uh, Minnesota was stacking the box. They did switch to that 46 defense, at least uh, part of the second half. But it looked like the offense never adjusted, either the play calling by O'Keefe or the actual execution of those plays by Christensen and the offense. We do what we do. And, and you know, one of the things that we are is we're a team that likes to run the ball. And, uh, you know, if a team is going to make adjustments and basically, you know, you see a front like that where you may only have four down linemen, but you have four or five or six linebackers in there, people within eight yards of the line of scrimmage, you know, two or three yards outside the tackle boxes, they can get in there in a hurry, even though they may be DBs, but they can get in there in a hurry and cause your running game to have problems. You know, this game is built around power and zone blocking that a lot of times it doesn't even matter if they have eight or nine in there, you just leave the backside unblocked and you still block play side. And if the back just is willing to hit it in their play side, you can still get, you know, three, four, five, six yards. So. Uh, especially with the win, you know, a lot of times you want to work clock when you got a victory. It'd been nice to just continue to trust that running game, especially 
I mean, I were young. There, there's a times when they can just line up, just hand off to him 15 straight plays, and I bet get first downs. And uh, the guy's a stud, and the guy's been a workhorse for him. So Ken O'Keefe's a smart guy too, and Coach Ferentz. I mean, what they want to do is actually can get better, you know, and they want Jake to get better. And so you want to, you know, at some points you got to pick your poison and say, yeah, we got a 21-point lead. We need to continue to work our passing game because that's what may help us win a game next week or, you know, hopefully in a bowl game. Looking ahead to next spring, given the problems we've had with the quarterback position this year, do you expect to see an open quarterback competition? I, I would think, yeah. I mean, I, I think all positions are, are wide open uh, for the most part every spring as long as someone's willing to step up and make plays. I mean, obviously Jake will get the nod initially just to, be, to take the first reps, but, uh, you know, I just I know my experience is, you know, if you're ready to play and you continue to develop, and you show over the course of spring practice that you're ready to go, then you know that jobs, you know, those jobs are always open. Saturday was another pretty dominant defensive performance. Just they got it. I mean, they're playing well. I mean, I, I really like what they're doing in the secondary. I mean, I think they're doing some great things in the secondary, showing showing one coverage and then dropping off. Our corners have done a nice job of folding back into throws. You know, at the Northwestern game, and then again against Minnesota, I think they make some great adjustments on that and are really confusing some quarterbacks. So I really like what uh, Coach Parker and Coach Parker are doing there. So I mean, I, uh, and I really like the idea that they're getting more and more players in involved in that in that mix. And the more we get these new players into nickel and dime packages, the more effective we will be when we face these passing teams and teams that really like to throw it out and, and the more comfortable our guys will be covering a slot receiver. So I mean I really think that they're doing some good things on defense. Anything in particular stand out to you in terms of special teams play? Not really. I mean not really. I mean just in a tough tough environment like that. Uh, a lot of wind blowing you just got to be good with the snap holding the kick and all that stuff so uh, but nothing really stood out. You know we, we keep hearing various excuses for the inability of this team to play a full four quarters in a single game. How frustrated do you think the coaching staff is over this? Well I mean I, I guess the last you know three or four games I, mean, I, I wouldn't be that frustrated because a win's a win and uh, you know like I said I mean I think what could happen in the Minnesota game especially is that you are up 21 points or whatever you still want to work your your game you want to improve and instead of just lining up and milking clock letting the air out of the football like you would against an Ohio State or a Michigan you want to work your passing game you want to work some things try some things and uh, continue to develop players so you know I think it, from a coaching standpoint I just know that a win's a win whether it's 10-6 or 31-10 I mean it's it's a win and you just want to see improvement in different areas of the game and, and a lot of times what you want to do is you want to put players in positions of stress that they're not comfortable in now so they can learn to deal with it so then when they do get in a tougher game they'll be more ready to take that on. Two more true freshmen played last Saturday. I think that brings the total now to 30 in terms of true and redshirt freshmen getting a fair amount of playing time. That should bode well going into next year, shouldn't it? Uh, 100% I think it'll bode well. I think it bodes well for the recruiting too because it tells a player that if you're ready to go you're going to play. You know, I, I just think it's a great experience for these guys to, to get in there and see some Big Ten action and uh, get some good quality minutes and wholeheartedly they'll be ready to go this spring. I mean, they're not going to be the wide-eyed guys wondering, well, can I or, you know, how do I match up in the Big Ten game or whatever and, and what's the speed like and they know now. And so when they get in spring that they'll be ready and they'll know what they're working for when they step up and line up for, you know, game one next year. So I think it's all good as long as they're good quality minutes. You know, even if we're up 15, 16 points, it doesn't matter. I mean, anytime you're on the field playing in that type of atmosphere in front of our crowd and in a Big Ten game, that's a good experience. Our weekly question, your assessment of the team now through 11 games? I'm excited. I mean, I, the more I see these guys and the way they find ways to win, the more I like them. I mean, this is, uh, you know, kind of a, a gritty blue-collar type group, and they win ugly. 
Uh, I mean, it's not pretty when they're winning, but they win ugly and uh, they find a way to get it done. So, uh, as a coach, I probably they're probably a nightmare because, like I said, I mean, it's hard to see how they play so well one half and so poorly another half. But you know, the most important thing is getting that W. Your thoughts going into the Western Michigan game and your keys to that game? Keys will just be to, to, to stay focused and just to not overlook it. I mean, you know, you see a max team that doesn't have much success. I think three and seven or the record's not very good, four and seven maybe. But, you know, I mean, to stay focused and realize that they will come ready to play. I mean, the MAC teams are pr pretty good and, and they play pretty good football. They got pretty good athletes. And if you don't take care of business, they can get up, sneak up and get you. So I think it's just a matter of them going and taking care of their, their business during the week and being ready and, and uh, coming out and playing hard like they always do at home. So I think if they do that, they'll, they should win by 20, 25 points, hopefully more. It'd be nice to see the offense get some traction, start making some big plays. Another call then coming up, award-winning Iowa City Press Citizen sports reporter and columnist, Pat Hardy. Hey, this is Sean. Uh, well, I guess first things first, a win is a win. But it seems like talking about the same old thing every time calling here. Lack of offensive production, good defense. I don't know, I really like to see Jake just come out there and finally have that consistent game for all four quarters of football, just domination. Give us some hope for next season, and uh, we'll definitely better our chances for a bowl game. That's always good. All right, I'm out of here. Uh, I hear that asteroids machine calling my name from the game room, so peace. First down to the 41. Christensen all alone. Going deep for Cleveland. Intercepted by the Golden Gophers, Desi Stive. Minnesota football to the 14-yard line of the Gophers. And this is a clear misread by Jake Christensen. Minnesota's been bringing the safety downhill to stop the run, but this time the safety's just staying in the hole. I mean, it's your cornerback. He's right back there. He doesn't come downhill. He's, he's just waiting for the, the post route. And he gets by the corner, but the corner has help because he has help inside with the safety who's standing there waiting for the ball to come. Christensen just misdiagnosed that play from the beginning. Call in and express your opinions about the Hawks. Be among the first to make your voice heard on HawkeyesMike.com. Call toll-free 866-74-HAWKS to express your opinions and join our guest experts on weekly podcasts. Welcome back, Pat Hardy. You can read Pat's articles regularly in the Press Citizen and on Hawk Central. Iowa's offense finally showed up at the beginning of a game this year, although it disappeared in the second half. A win's a win. What'd you think of Saturday's game? Well, I think you hit it best. A win is a win. I think that's what you got to take away from that. I think the defense did about as well as you thought they would do. I was very disappointed with the offense in the second half. I thought they really had a chance to just put the game away and they just failed to capitalize. And Minnesota played a little better on defense than Iowa did, but I think the Iowa passing game kind of reverted back to some of the old ways with Jake missing wide open receivers and not recognizing wide open receivers and what have you. But you don't want to harp too much on that. They did win the game. They've won four out of five games. They're four and four in the Big Ten, so I guess you just stay on the positive. Did you have the same conclusion a lot of others did? It really looked like it was 119th defense against the 109th offense, especially in that second half. Well, I think Minnesota's defense actually played better than Iowa's offense. So I think the worst, the defense, which was ranked worst, had a better day than the offense. I think the Iowa offense just they couldn't run the ball, and Minnesota took some did some scheming to take the run away. But I thought with that they should be able to pass the ball, and they just couldn't. Do it. Jake just had a bad day, and let's just hope it's one of these things where he starts to eliminate more and more of these bad games. But right now. 
now, I, after that Northwestern game, I was convinced that maybe he does have what it takes. Now I'm starting to question it again. How concerned do you think we should be that playing at home in our 11th game of the season, Iowa could only muster two first downs and 68 yards of total offense in the second half against what's statistically the worst ranked defense in the nation? Oh, I think it's definitely a concern. That's why I kind of still kind of reserve judgment. And I still say if they can get seven wins out of this season, that's incredible. Because I still don't think they're that good of a team. And I think that showed. I mean, I just, they're the only team that hasn't gained at least 400 yards against Minnesota this year. And they didn't even gain 300. So there's still a lot of questions on offense. I think after last week's really nice second half performance by Jake Christensen, we all thought he would build on that going into this game. And he played an okay first half, but in the second half, he kind of reverted back to all of his same old mistakes. By the 11th game of his third year in college, I think they should be able to expect more. I should, I would think that when he sees a tight open, wide open, that he should be able to recognize him, throw the ball. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal for Jake because I don't think there's any competition. I think he's so far ahead of the people behind him that he can afford to have these bad games and it's not going to hurt anything for the time being, which is something to me that's an altogether different issue. But I just, the thing I question with Jake, he just doesn't seem to have any touch on his passes. He throws them too hard or he throws them too soft. It just seems like just his natural passing ability. He doesn't hit receivers in stride very often. To me, that's the biggest concern is just his accuracy. It looked like Iowa just basically gave up on the running game in the second half. What do you think's going on there in terms of that play calling in the second half, the offensive execution, the reason for the poor offensive performance there? Well, I think it looked like in the second half they were just looking not to lose that game. They just want, I think they realized that the offense wasn't clicking very much. And I think that with the passing tag hurt in the way it was they had plays where the receivers were open Jake just didn't give him the ball and when that happens that destroys so much momentum and what have you and I think after a while I think they did abandon the running game a little bit too soon and I think after a while Minnesota knew that they were going to pass and you could tell Minnesota was ready for it but I still say it all comes down to the fact that Jake's accuracy kind of let them down and I do think they abandoned the running game too early why I don't know it seems like sometimes they do I think they thought that they were going to be able to pass the ball on that defense because they'd been so poor and it just didn't happen. Do you think the coaches will say there's an open quarterback competition next spring, uh, given Jake's lack of progress this season, or uh, do you think there will be a real quarterback competition? They'll say it's open, but it won't be open. It's Jake's job. Maybe Marvin McNutt can do something, but I don't know what Arville Nelson and Rick Stanger are all of a sudden going to do that they could, you know, they've had a year to try to make it even close, and from what we've been told, it's not even a close competition. I don't see... I don't see Jake losing the job unless Marvin McNutt can come in and do something. I don't see him losing it to, to Stanzi or Nelson. The defense turned in really another pretty pretty solid performance, especially against a Minnesota team that's put up a lot of numbers on the board this year. Yeah, I think the defense more than held its own. Had a couple moments there, maybe some breakdowns on coverage for the most part, but they kept them from running the ball and they held them to 16 points. One thing Minnesota has done this year is their offense is okay. They've, They've scored points before, but I think the defense was fine. They were aggressive, physical, and I thought, I thought they did a good job of defending the pass. Thoughts on special teams play last Saturday? Not really. I No, not really. I Ryan Donahue had a couple not so good punts, but he still averaged almost 42 yards. I think I, I just I think the punting game's getting to the point where I'm not really worried about him anymore. But no, I, I don't know. Sometimes I wish they'd do a little better on returning. They just don't seem to get their kick returning seems to be a little much kind of an issue right now so but nothing really they weren't they didn't stand out for being good or bad still have a lot of frustrations I think among fans and I assume the coaching staff and the team about their inability to play a, a full four quarters in a single game when do you think those uh, excuses aren't going to really cut mustard anymore well they're gonna they've made it through all this year I didn't think they would cut it through all this year I'm sure the coaches are frustrated with it I mean obviously they would be and I think next year they're gonna have to come up with a different type of 
answer or what have you because they can't just be, keep beating the inexperienced thing. I mean, next year they're going to have a fourth-year junior quarterback who's starting and what have you. This year I think that's just the line that they're going to use and they've been able to get away with it this year. But I think at some point next year, at some point, this has to stop being an inexperienced team. With the addition of a couple of uh, new people playing last Saturday, that now brings to 30 the total of true and redshirt freshmen that have uh, seen a fair amount of playing time this year. A couple of questions about that. How, how do you think that bodes uh, going into next year and how do you think the uh, impact of that will be on recruiting? No, I think it couldn't hurt going into next year, giving more experienced players. And I guess it can't really hurt with recruiting much, saying that you can come here and play right away. But most of the recruits that you would like to see Iowa get, they're going to think that they're going to go and play anywhere right away. That's just how kids are. So, I mean, it can't hurt. My only concern with playing so many freshmen is I just wonder how many of them have just made cameo appearances on special teams to where they're going to throw a whole year of eligibility away just by doing special teams. Sometimes I think they maybe do a little bit too much of that. Like Damian Sims, for example. It'd be great if he had another year coming back. He played sparingly as a true freshman. I think he barely carried the ball, but he lost a whole year. Sometimes I think they do that a little bit too much, but it can't hurt to get the experience. We're now through 11 games. You're assessment of the team at this point? Well, I picked them to go 7-5 and five before the season, so they're about what I thought they would be. I didn't think they'd be this strip bad on offense. I thought Jake would be a little better passer than he is, but I this is to me is a little better than average football team in an average year in the Big Ten. Keys uh, to the Western Michigan game. Thoughts going into that game? I think the keys are similar to they were against Minnesota. Run the ball early, establish momentum, get the clock on your side, and I think if they can score early, I think they shouldn't have any trouble winning. It'd be nice to see them do a complete game, be able to score from start to finish and not have these stretches where they're just three and out, three and out. They need to, hopefully they'll work on that part of the game. To me, that's the big thing, because they should win this game. It's here. Hawkeyes Mike is for Iowa fans by Iowa fans. It's Hawk Sports Talk Radio on the internet. Your chance as a Hawkeye fan to make your voice heard on men's and women's sports. Weekly on HawkeyesMike.com. Just a reminder that following every football game, questions will be posted on HawkeyesMike.com. You can respond to those or offer whatever comments you like. The toll-free hotline will be open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. To have your comments included in the next show, please call by Tuesday evening. Just call 866-74-HAWKS. The new podcast should be available for listening or downloading later on Wednesdays. Again, just call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Today's Hawkeyes Mike program is made possible in part by the Lodge Apartments in Iowa City, the finest in student living, your home away from home. Call 319-358-3500 or go to www.thelodge at ui.com. And by Morgan Stanley Financial Advisors of Coralville. Call 319-338-5184 or 800-870-0002 for all your investment needs. A look ahead now at the Western Michigan game on Saturday. Iowa, as you know, is 6-5, and 4-4 four and four in the Big Ten Conference. Western Michigan has a record of 3-7 and seven overall. They have wins over Toledo and Northern Illinois, and they have close losses to West Virginia, Indiana, and Missouri. As we mentioned earlier in the show, Saturday's game is critical for a whole slew of reasons, not the least of which is that a win is necessary for the Hawks to secure a bowl bid. While Iowa is already bowl eligible with its six wins, with the new bowl selection rules combined with the fact that there are 
are now 10 Big Ten teams with six victories apiece. Even with Iowa's fan base, it will take seven wins to go to a bowl this year. With a victory against Western Michigan, Iowa would go 7-5 and five on the regular season, get a pretty decent bowl bid, maintain the Big Ten's longest winning streak, and continue to build momentum. Whatever happens, the Hawks cannot afford to overlook Western Michigan. In spite of their record, they are another solid MAC team, and Iowa's offense should scare no one, including the Broncos. You would like to see the Hawks put together four solid quarters of play on both sides of the ball, and we're still waiting to see Jake Christensen make significant progress and play a solid game throughout. Once again this week, Iowa will need to come out strong and put some points on the board early, while the defense will need to shut down the Broncos from the get-go. If that happens, it will be quite a turnaround for midseason, and the coaches, team, and fans will have much to celebrate. And it will be a great way to send out Iowa's senior class. All part of God's great plan. Iowa made the plays when they had to make them and continue to show their resolve in rallying around Coach Ferentz, who, in my mind, this is his best year of coaching uh, for I the adversity he's been through. I agree. You know, the, the injuries, the suspensions, uh, oh, they lost their top four receivers uh, prior to this season, and really Tony Moyaki during the season, but nonetheless a big part of it. You know, they've gotten some kids to step up. They've struggled offensively. They've been resolute defensively, as always, and, and they have hung in there. Congratulations to the Iowa Hawkeyes. They are bowl eligible with one more game to go. And the charge is on for Floyd of Rosedale. <laughs> Bring out the pig. They're having bologna sandwiches tonight. Bologna? Are you kidding me? They're eating pork chops tonight. <laughs> the Iowa Hawkeyes win it here today over the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Hard fought 21 to 16 victory. Marshall Harris, what do you have for us? Well, I've got Coach Barrett's and Coach, uh, this was tough, especially in the second half. What kind of adjustments did they make just to kind of stay with you guys and kind of catch up? They, they really did a good job of uh, shutting our run game down. We didn't throw the ball and catch it very well, so uh, credit goes to them. They really played played hard, really battled hard. Your guys made the charge at the end of the game across to get that pick back. How much does that mean to this team after all you've gone through this year to get the trophy in that case? Well, you know, it's uh, it's been a long year since last year at this time, and Fortunately, uh, we've turned things around a little bit. We're playing a lot better in the back part of the season than we did a year ago. Yeah, really happy. Our guys are doing a great job. They continue to uh, fight battle, believe in themselves, and uh, it's just great to see our guys get the six. Maybe we get the seven next week. One note on the upcoming football shows, we will do a show in the next week, wrapping up the Western Michigan game, once we have more clarity on the bowl picture for the Hawks. We're also planning to do a special show focusing on the bowl game itself, assuming we win on Saturday. Our thanks again to the Big Ten Network for the game highlights. Nice job on that telecast. Let's hope the Big Ten Network can get the deals worked out with the major cable companies that are still blocking, so all Big Ten fans have a chance to follow their favorite sports, especially now as we enter the basketball season. Thanks to our regular contributors, Mark of Cook and Pat Hardy, and of course, to our callers. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more, and that you'll participate by phoning and making your own voice heard, 866-74-HAWKS. That's 866-74-HAWKS. We encourage new callers, phone into Hawkeyes Mike, make yourself heard, then listen to yourself on the show, and invite your family and friends to listen and call in too. It's all Hawkeyes, all the time, on HawkeyesMike.com. For Iowa fans, by Iowa fans. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of HawkeyesMike.com and Enlightened Vision, LLC.